Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm your host, Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. Happy Friday to you. Getting ready for that kickstart of a weekend. The Stars back-to-back tomorrow night in New Jersey and then uh, against the Islanders on Sunday night and then Detroit on Tuesday. So three more games on the road for the Dallas Stars. And joining me for his usual weekly visit is EP Rinkside. His Substack account is called Shap Shots, where he gives you all kinds of exclusive information. He is an author. The name of the book is called We Win Here, which gives you some awesome stories about the Texas Stars and the transition to the Dallas Stars and how they work together. And it's a real cool book. And what am I missing? D Magazine. And now... We have some massive breaking news as far as spits and suds. And joining us is Sean Shapiro. Give it up, Sean. <laughs> You're the greatest hype man ever, man. I was the greatest hype man. <laughs> you know, that's going to be the name of my book. Everything yeah. in life I learned from wrestling. <laughs> as a little kid, I was into mic work and how, how they did it and stuff like that. So just to just to pull back the curtain of spits yeah. and suds because I love doing this, is Sean and I were coordinating the time for today, and all of a sudden, I received this direct message from Sean in which, you know, he just basically said, hey, uh, let's see, what did it say? It said, uh, oh, don't share this yet, but check this out. Just randomly threw this at me. And a video comes out and I watched it immediately thinking it was like some like analytical breakdown that we were going to talk about on the show today. But instead, the breaking news that will be unveiled officially tonight is that the Spits and Suds co-host, one Sean Shapiro, has gone to Hollywood. (laughs) Am I correct, Sean? Tell us the yes, story. So, yes, it is. Uh, I guess it's not Hollywood. It's technically I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah, whatever. Right you're you're in the big it's, screen, uh, buddy. I it's uh, yes. So I am in a movie about beer league hockey that uh, the trailer goes live tonight. Uh, as we're recording this on Friday afternoon. The trailer goes live tonight. The uh, it will be. I think it's around eight o'clock or whatever, but. So if, if you're listening to it before, it'll be out soon. It's uh, the, the the name of the movie is called The Late Game. It is a uh, we we've been jokingly using the term. It's a beer league movie uh, made for made by beer leaguers for beer leaguers is what we've been jokingly calling it. And um, essentially, so we filmed this um, in Charleston, South Carolina, about 16 months ago. So this would have been August of. Uh, or September it was August of 2022 and uh it was uh we filmed it for 15 days down at the uh ice Charleston Ice Palace um which is a rink that is happens to be the practice rink as well for the the South Carolina Stingrays um the movie is uh is, is shot the, the plot of the movie is it's an 11 p.m. beer league game the main character is a guy subbing and he joins this team called the Polly's pies. And, uh, it's, uh, it's a comedy that, uh, it's a 
com it's a comedy and it's a hockey movie and uh there's a couple things that I'm super proud of uh watching it and I saw I saw it all the way through last night for the first time uh since the since little clips and pieces I've seen in the process and it's it's funny it is uh but the hockey's also one of the things that uh, the director and writer of the movie um, is actually my good friend from college, Jeff Tyner, is the one who directed this. And uh, that's how I ended up getting involved in the project, is a big focus on making sure the hockey looked accurate. Because for all of the hockey um, fictional media that's been made, Gavin, right? Like, other than Miracle, you're, it's hard to, you're kind of hard pressed to find a hockey movie that's got realistic looking hockey action yeah. right because it's always it's it's a sport that it's it's incredibly hard to it's incredibly hard to film it's chaotic that's one of the reasons we love it and but so we uh so it was really the hockey action is really well done um it's it's everyone in the movie was everyone in the movie was it was other than the other than the lead who is a who's actually an actor by trade everyone in the movie was uh someone who has been a played beer league, played hockey throughout their entire life. So it was people who, instead of teaching actors to skate and play hockey, it was teaching some hockey players how to act a little bit more so on that front, because it's easier to, let's can't, you can tell when someone doesn't know how to skate that, 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 that would scream on the screen as, as incorrect. So um, it's uh Comes out February. Uh, there'll be a trailer out tonight. People can see that. I think February sixteenth, I believe, is the is the is when it when it, when the video when the movie will be available for on demand and and on and uh, be be out for people in the public. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to have people see it. We'll uh, we're gonna have to get uh, we have to get a screener over to Gavin yeah. so we can get so we can so we can see it and we can get it. I get his unbridled review of it. Absolutely. And, uh... I will rotten tomatoes that thing. <laughs> and as the hype man I am, I will give you yes. massive tomatoes. Yes. Yes. And by the way, shots fired by Sean Shapiro against the Anaheim Mighty Ducks as far as the movie's concerned, right? I mean, you're saying the Mighty Ducks well, couldn't skate? I mean, they won the championship, right? Well, I mean, there's the, the one of the greatest funny things about the Mighty Ducks is I think it's V2 where there's a breakaway scene and uh, the the body double for the actor is not the same handedness as the actor. So if you watch the few, if you watch the breakaway, there's a breakaway where the sky, the player on a breakaway in like the close up shot where you see his head in his hands, he's right handed. But when you do the wide out shot, he's left handed. Like he literally his 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 handedness changes, and it's it was clearly like the the body double and everything like that. This one in this movie, one of the things that everyone who's in the movie is is in the movie. They are skating. There's no. It's not like there's some person. One person's acting, and you had to find a stunt double or hockey double to play yeah. or whatever. So it was uh, because of that. The hockey is the hockey turned out pretty well. The uh, the we got the. The team I'm, I, I'm, I play the goalie on the team for the the young, for for the for the team called Polly's Pies. I play the goalie. I play a goalie named Nick. Um, I have a little bit of I, I play up a little bit of the uh, quiet weirdo in the background as as a goalie, and that's fine. It's exactly what uh, we we embrace in the goaltending world, and 
then the other team is uh the guys who actually the the, the other team is plays uh is consisted of the the College of Charleston club hockey team. So shout out to them. They were the uh they made up the majority of the other team in the movie too. So they all can skate pretty well and everything like that. Yeah, too, it was so. a really really cool trailer. And yeah. For those wondering, yes, it has a very cute girl in it as well. <laughs> yes. So, yes. <laughs> you know, there, there's a romance in this. So I could tell from the trailer. So I'm super <laughs> excited to uh, watch it. I am disappointed that Sean didn't say, hey, what about my co-host playing a sportscaster or something like that who, you know, I'm just going to write the script myself, learns about this late night game and comes down with his equipment. <laughs> no it's yeah well it's uh there's only there's always room in the sequel i guess <laughs> <laughs> nice nice absolutely <laughs> well congratulations sir and can't wait when the trailer's released i'll be sure to retweet it super excited for you that's a great project and i was taken surprise and uh boy yeah, I embargoed it, and I uh, was super excited that we were able to uh, talk about it today. One thing I wasn't excited about, that's a smooth radio transition, yeah. is um, last night, Sean, I opened the podcast with, I'm Gavin Spittle, 105.3 The Fan. Welcome to a post-game edition of Spits and Suds. Jake Ottinger with 38 saves tonight. That's going to do it for another edition of Spits and Suds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have yeah. not, I haven't seen that in a long time. Uh, Since 2016 with only one shot on net and shots on goal is deceiving because, you know, obviously if you miss the net, it's a high quality chance like Sagan had in the first couple of minutes. It doesn't count as a shot on goal. But at the same time, wow, I, I, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I don't know what you can say. I'll be, you know, the Ottinger was really the lone man on the ice that I thought played well. Yeah, I mean, it's. That is. That was an ugly game. It was. Yes. I re. I re. I went. I don't know why I did it. But you I re- did not re- watch it again. I. I re. I just rewatched oh. the first ten minutes. I just re. I went back and rewatched part of the first period this morning just to see like, is there something that like it just? It was. And it, it kind of started as like, and it was like looking at a car accident, like one of those like side of the road. That's why it's still there, I guess, it's still on the television. But um, yeah, this was. I mean. Jay Gottinger was this game. This game could have been seven, eight. Oh yeah, it's the it's it's the rare NHL game where it's like ah oh, five one game. It could have been worse. Normally that's not the case in NHL games. Normally it's like ah it's it's a blowout, but it's but this was one where it could have been worse, and that's it was just this is one of the. One of the weird things about it, Gavin, too, is like so it comes off of it comes off like right off the heels of um what you probably would have considered one of the best games of the year, right? Like on um Yeah. On, yeah on a, da- on David a Castillo and I were saying in, in a post game pod yeah. that it was yeah. the best game in our of the year, we thought. Yeah, and so to hit I don't like rock bottom as the turn, but to go about as to flip the script to the to as bad as they did, it's like, I mean, it's it's a very weird week to think about it because it also just like it takes away just a lot of the positive feelings from that Tuesday game. But at the same time, it's only one game. It's 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 a very weird one to think about because it's it wasn't the stars, that wasn't the stars. That's not the stars. It was like they they mailed it in that game or, or didn't show up or whatever terminology you want to use. But it's yeah, 
I sound like a brokered record when I talk about on the post game that it's if one aspect isn't working, it's not like another aspect can step up, and that's what I hate because, you know, I to me, when something like that is, you know, you need someone on the ice that's going to create some energy, create a muck in front of the net, a scrum in the corner or something, you know, to, to really kind of, you know, get everyone energized. And I think Jamie Benn tried to do that at one point, but uh, other than that, and uh, kudos to Philadelphia, uh, terrific yeah. game plan by Torts. And, uh, you know, people can say, well, all they want about Philadelphia just throws everything at the net. I kind of like that style. I mean, they don't have the marquee players, although clearly Owen Tippett is showing that he, you know, has the potential to be special in this league and he's mm-hmm. a real good player. I think they play good defensively and I think they really just, you know, quelled and slowed down the stars and any kind of momentum during that game. And, uh, you know, we're expecting Philadelphia to go away and they just keep playing well. So, you know, uh, kudos to them. But, you know, one of the things that I once again saw last night, Sean, that I wanted to see how this can be figured out. It was Yanni Hockenpah this time. Jake Ottinger makes the initial save. Rebound comes out. Flyers beat Hockenpah in position for kind of an easy tap in on a rebound. And I just feel like the Stars D-men, and I wanted to get your thoughts, get out positioned in, in front of Ottinger, whoever's in net. Yeah, it was the defense was bad. It was really bad. It yeah. wasn't just it was uh the structurally speaking, it was there's a lot of holes. There was uh and it was kind of weird too from the, the space of like I thought once again coming off of that Tuesday game against uh the other night, like you're like, oh this is something they could have built on and they did the opposite. And um, this is one of those games where just the same way this game completely wiped out the Tuesday game, and I'm talking more like about the defensive structure and everything like that, if they go and they wipe the, clay, swipe the slate clean against uh, New Jersey and the Islanders this, this coming weekend, and all of a sudden turn it like, okay, it was a one-off and that's it. And that's what you have to kind of do as a team, both defensively and in the overall structure of everything right now, is you can't let this snowball on something. You just kind of have to use it as a flush and move on type deal because you're you want you you gotta start doing stuff. You you can't the other teams in this division, the Winnipeg Jets. Colorado Avalanche, they aren't really gifting, they're not gifting points away. They are, if you want to be in that race to potentially win the Central, you cannot let a game like last night become more than just last night. And I don't think the Stars, I, I'm pretty confident that like in the Stars' ability that this won't be the norm, but you still have to prove it to me tomorrow night when you go to New Jersey. I felt as though that was the angriest I've seen Pete DeBoer in a while. Um, oh yeah. In, yeah. That, in that post game. And I really like the walk-off line when talking about Sagan's goal and that it made it 2-1, to and he said, yeah, fool's gold, and he walked off. And uh, clearly Mm -hmm. he wasn't happy, which asks the question for tomorrow night, do you see the reinsertion of Ty Delandria? I think you kind of have to, right? I would think so. Like, it's, no, it's some, it's, 
no one played well. Like no one played well. There's no like there's no you, there's no player where you're like, oh well, so and so must stay in. And but I feel like Delandria also when Delandria's at his best, he can bring a little bit of energy and everything mm-hmm. like that. And I think and especially um off what happened last game, like maybe someone who uh who watched that from from the from the press box will uh come in with bring a little bit of a spark and jump into things the right way and so i i think delandry has to come back in tomorrow night you you have to if if expect not only after what happened the other night but on top of that with a back-to-back this weekend as a coach you kind of owe it to your team to bring him bring that guy into the lineup tomorrow night in my view yeah yeah, and yeah, he provides that spark and energy and, you know, kind of need that. I mentioned on the post, it kind of, I guess, timing. I said, we need a Yanni Gord. And then <laughs> today, NHL player safety will hold a hearing with Yanni Gord based yes. on his hit of Matthias Ekholm, um, which, you know, I, it was an interesting hit, clearly high. Did you see what Ekholm did when he went in the box? Uh, I've seen the head. I don't know if I noticed. I don't know so, if I saw the Yeah, they go in Ekholm the box, direction. and I, yeah. I try to be a lip reader. I think Ekholm looked at him and said, fight. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. But, you know, that's how Yanni Gord, he's a he's a hard player. And, uh, you know, I, I like those hard players because they can generate energy. So, you know, uh, moving. I think it's, 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 a, it's a funny, one of the funny things that I think people might not uh realize about NHL penalty boxes that I think is, is kind of a thing like do it's wild when you think about why the nature of people end up penalty boxes NHL penalty boxes the players aren't separated like you, you like that's something where people don't realize that like you two guys fight and they both go to the box there's not glass separate like there's typically not glass an actual pane of glass stopping those two guys from being able to see each other and just like that's something that I think people sometimes forget about with the NHL penalty box setup, where there is these guys are still they've they've just had their fracas on the ice. They go to the box, and now there's open air between them. There's four people in suits working in between them, but there's still like open air between them. It's not like they're actually closed off from each other the way you typically would think. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point, and man, I love the back and forth chirping when it happens, and yeah. you know yeah. they're they're uh, they're real upset. Okay. Uh, also wanted to spend a minute talking about Bally's and what the future yeah. holds. I talked to some people, Sean, and it's still up in the air. I, I know there was recent news and everything, but there's still a lot to be decided. And it's it's fascinating because the Rangers are coming up on <laughs> spring training as world champions. And, you know, so we'll see what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I'm interested to see the future of the NHL as well as as far as how the Stars and other teams are affected by this. Yeah, and it's one of those where it's people keep asking, and I, I probably will. Um, I've had some people, like, ask, like, oh, could you write something more about this? And um, I actually probably will try to go into an explainer at some point over at Shap Shots a little bit later, maybe in the week. But it's also one of those things where with all of this TV deal stuff and everything, um, the timelines are so pushed out and extended that yep. it's hard to really know what is fact and what is fiction right now. Um, it's not in... Because A, there's always these, like, when, when someone's filing for bankruptcy and all this stuff, there's 
there's certain longer term timelines, things like that. And um, the hope right now is like, it appears that Amazon is interested in investing and, and or owning or whatever the right, whatever it ends up looking like at the end. And in theory, if that happens, maybe you'd be able to stream the games on, on Amazon prime, which would be, which would, which would be a nice yeah. solution, I guess. I mean, I mean, obviously the, the Amazon has um, all these, all these, these services um, Amazon with the NFL game on Thursday night, um, Apple with the MLS TV deal. You've gotten these companies that are trying to get further and further into the sports content because as we know, kind of sports are like one of the last communal television things that have, that are still, that still drive everyone. And um, with the uh, Amazon, if Amazon is able to get basically quote unquote rescue valleys or whatever terminology you want to use, away from Sinclair, um, it would probably, it would be a spot where games would probably be a little bit easier to find um, from a streaming standpoint. I have no idea how this is going to impact the the TV spot because one of the things that people always kind of, like, they're like, oh, I want to be able to get this on my television or whatever. I don't know how, I don't, I don't know how well and what Amazon's push would be on this too it's like right gavin like it's one thing like people something it's you don't know the uh um i don't i don't know the what the unintended consequences and that's kind of the thing that people always like jump on stuff where they're like oh this is this is going to happen and it's going to be great or whatever and uh but if amazon's getting involved and this is me literally thinking out loud and so i'm not reporting this this is just me thinking out loud i want to be clear of that if Amazon's involved, do they care as much about is it is it more about going down the streaming route the way that the NFL game is? Is it something where there's going to be the push is going to be we want people doing the game on Prime and everything like that, and that's fine. And that, but does that also are is there still going to be are you still going to see as much of a push for it to be in the cable bundles and stuff like that? So there's a lot of things that still have to be figured yeah. out with this. The one thing this won't settle, and it's and it's just the reality of it. And this is how sports fandom works is if you are a, it's never going to change the, not never, sorry, never is a strong word, but um, it's not going to change the, the system where ESPN plus games are blacked out. Like it's, someone asked me this the other day, they're like, oh, could we see a spot where now you could use ESPN plus to stream local games? And Unless ESPN decides to make individual deals with all 32 teams to buy their local rights, that's not going to happen. Right. So that's another thing I just wanted to kind of put out there where this is not going to be like all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, now I can just stream the games on ESPN+. Plus. Games are still going to be blacked out on ESPN+, Plus because Amazon or Ballets or whatever they name the company at that point will still own the local rights. Yeah. So I think the it's, other- really, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's a really interesting thing to see what happens, but it's also yeah. at the end of the day. I don't think from a stars fan perspective, this is a, um, from a part stars fan perspective, this is not going to impact you this season. Correct. I think rate for Rangers fans. And this is a conversation you guys probably have with the Rangers and figuring out of the team that just won a world series and yeah. everything like that. The Rangers, there could be a, there could be something at play here, but just, I don't think the timeline is there's not enough time for things to really kind of 
come together and change much during this current hockey season. Right, and Bally's was already struggling with clears on whatever provider people you know were using. So therefore, like I don't think the Ranger games were on Dish. Um, just mm-hmm. you know various ones. So you have that as yeah. well, and then the Rangers win the World Series and. And, you know, I mean, we're so close to spring training and there's just, yeah, there is a lot in flux. I think what people have to understand, too, is there are so many layers and different kinds of bankruptcy. So, you know, and different kinds take different, you know, like prepackaged bankruptcy, for instance. If you filed today, using as an example, happen to know about this, (laughs) you will come out in May or June. And that that is a goal. So but some of these bankruptcies, if you can't pay off your debt or, you know, debt forgiveness, I'm not an expert on it. So I'm not going to go into depth. That takes longer. So sometimes it can take over a year to happen. Like I said, there might be someone listening that's more of an expert than me. I'm just saying there are different layers and it all falls under the title of bankruptcy or Chapter 11 or another chapter. So it is kind of fascinating and i think stars fans just want to know as well as ranger fans where can i find the game in the future um so they can you know they can be happy so i just wanted to touch on that i did also want to say so the stars when they play philadelphia sean i don't know if they stay in the same hotel or they just bust to a new hotel but new jersey new york islanders real close proximity so it's not like it's a true four-game road trip in that you're constantly hopping on the plane after the game. Couple that with both New Jersey and the Islanders are coming from away games. So you are going to play a back-to-back tomorrow night as far as Jersey's concerned. They're at the Blue Jackets tonight. The Islanders are at Chicago tonight, so the Islanders will get a day off on Saturday before Sunday, but you know, needless to say, it's not like they're sitting there waiting for the Stars uh, to play. So hopefully the Stars, you know, certainly have some uh, some energy in the, in the next couple of nights. And looking at them in the standings, I think both can be really high-quality teams. I think it's fair to say, Sean, that both have been disappointments uh, this year, but both have a lot of talent on their squad, too. Yeah, the uh, obviously our old friend Lindy Roth is yep. coaching New Jersey, and he's uh, come under some... He kind of is coming under some hot water right now with uh, how things have been going there, and they'll be they'll be coming off. The stars are already sitting in in New in New York or New Jersey, whichever hotel they're staying at. They're already sitting there, and they're going to be waiting for the Devils to come home. It's kind of one of those weird games for New Jersey where they're the home team, but they're going to feel more like the road team yep. having come off the coming got off the flight. So that's one of those spots where. The Stars kind of have to use that to their advantage because the Islanders are going to try to do the same thing to them the following night on Sunday. So um, I think for Dallas, from your in-house keeping first is you got to get your defense in order. You got to get things kind of um, you got to be much better than you were on against Philly um, on that front, and then. New Jersey's a team where even with their struggles recently, it's a team that gets up and down the ice and can really find your systematic flaws. And, and if you give them holes, they're going to uh, attack it. So good kind of test for from that perspective for the defense to come back. And then the other thing for us to just keep monitoring with this whole weekend, and who knows, is there, there is the looming 
Miro Heiskanen is on the trip because yes, he, he could play on this trip. Yep. And from kind of my look and feel on it, I don't think that's a realistic spot. I mean, I'm not reporting this just kind of, but based off kind of the timelines that I've understood, it doesn't feel like it's a reality against New Jersey, but it could be either Sunday or Tuesday. You could have Miro Heiskanen back too. So that would be obviously a, when that happens, the stars will be a much better team. And, uh, I um I'm interested to see how the goaltending kind of setup goes to this weekend because there have been with uh Scott obviously with Scott Wedgwood um being Scott Wedgwood is now back and everything like that but he has not uh he's not played a game since he got hurt right so it's uh. It's going to be interesting to see how he looks since he'll play one of these two games. Ottinger got shelled last night because of the workload. And so there's some interesting decisions for Pete DeBoer to make this weekend that uh, are going to kind of, that could define some things for Dallas here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I mean, interesting to see what happens with Wedgwood. Matt Murray's still there. Um, Interesting to see if they give Matt Murray another game. Um, So... Uh, we'll see about that. I wanted to talk to you as a writer, longtime writer. I know you're getting into acting, and soon you'll get an Oscar and Emmy. <laughs> but <laughs> right now, Sean, you're best known as an excellent writer. And the demise. I don't, I don't think that's gonna. Ch- I don't think that's gonna change. Okay. So... Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, yeah. let your hype man do the hype. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, you're fair. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the demise of Sports Illustrated. Where yeah. uh, if you go on Twitter slash X or any of the social media channels, people posting pictures of their favorite cover, just a, just an iconic brand in the sports world that we grow up with, you know, appears to be ending forever as far as massive layoffs with the staff. Um, and wanted to get your thoughts as a writer and how this business has certainly changed, but you know, I know Sports Illustrated is not what it once was, where you read through it, you didn't want to cheat, you know, to get to the end so you could read Rick Riley immediately uh, with that final page. And you knew when it came in the mail, you're like, all right, I got a week to read it. And, of course, those gifts that they used to always advertise, like free Sports Illustrated phones or towels and, and stuff like that. But I wanted to get your thoughts because it is a sad day in journalism. It is. It's. I mean, it's kind of... The weird thing about it is it it's happened. I mean, it's happening and it's it's very sad. And um, but it's the same time, and I hate that we've kind of become jaded this way because it's the what happens in sports media with what's been happening with some of these things. It's like like I I guess I kind of already felt that the brand was dying anyway yes. in a sad way, where it's like um, what Sports Illustrated was it, it it was no longer the same. It had been through different management aspects and everything like that. It was, it'd been more and more of a, the company that was running it was more running it. So for the, for the name, the name of the brand and everything like that, than the actual content and storytelling. And like, I mean, I remember it used to be, it was like either, I think it was either Wednesdays or Thursdays or whatever, as a kid, like it was always a great day because sports illustrated showed up. Yeah, and you read it. You would read that on their Wednesday or Thursday. You you dive into that right away. And yeah, it's uh, 
some some of the greatest writing you've I've, I've read is in Sports Illustrated and yeah. everything like that. And it's uh it's kind of sad just to see how it kind of all fell down. It's uh it's it's kind of it's it's kind of the spot too that's just like with with media and everything and uh, it's a bit of a nuanced subject i guess but it's it's we're kind of, we're living in an age now where for example you and i are talking right now on a podcast i'm able to go and publish my own piece on publish my own space uh, through the substack platform and do my own site and everything like that and um in a weird way, it's good, right? Because it's never been easier to go and do something. The tools are out there now, right? It's um, like we were talking about that. Like we went and made this this movie that we met, went and made. Part of it was we're like, okay, we can go, we can go do it. We have the tools. We can just we went and did it. We didn't need a big studio to to finance it and everything like that. We found obviously there's some money to make it. There's definitely money, a lot of money used to make a movie, but we were able to independent ragtag group go make a movie and because of the day and age we live in and it's been interesting to see how some of those legacy brands from the management perspective and how they approached it's it always feels like they kind of some at some point lost part lost sight of the bigger picture of what those things still represented like i didn't want when it came to Sports Illustrated, I always expected Sports Illustrated to be the place I could go read one of the best possible stories. I could get lost in a story at Sports Illustrated. Yep. I didn't need Sports. I didn't need Sports Illustrated to become the quick hitter. Oh, here's five things you need to know about this or whatever. Right. Like, and that's what so many. It just feels like there's so many things in sports media where people who used to do great work. And I'm not talking about the employees themselves. I'm more talking about some, how things from some things come from the top where you have, they started chasing the lowest common denominator instead of caring about the, the, about the highest, about the putting the quality first. And in the end, you weakened your product. And when you weaken your product, you make it weaker financially and it's become cyclical and you have stuff that happened with sports illustrated. It's just sad. Like it's, it is like, there's some, it's, it's sad. Like it's, um, I mean, if you were on the cover of the swimsuit edition of sports illustrated, that was a game changer for your career. Yeah. In, in many old, ways. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. there, these feature articles and to get the cover of sports illustrated, if you were an athlete, was just massive that meant you had arrived and it was it was just so huge i mean you know i remember as a kid we'd they'd have these like cutouts that you could get in and you know they'd take a picture and all of a sudden it's you on the cover of sports illustrated like you know that's 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 what we dreamed of and you know i mean they you're right they had the top-notch writers they were allowed to go in depth with these multi-page pieces and yeah, it might be antiquated, but at the same time, I mean, they really did set a lot of bars. Um, and you're right. It hasn't been the same publication, but at the same time, so sorry to see it uh, go. All right. Yes. Uh, let's get into more NHL news. Yes, good, yes. good good, to see Shane Pinto back for the Ottawa Senators. He signs a one-year deal, allowed to play hockey again. Yeah. It's uh, 
his, his case is always interesting. Would just be the obviously he was suspended for the gambling related yep. related activity, whatever it was, and uh, he's also I don't know what it was. I mean, we can. It's it's the space where the kind of forbidden fruit of sports gambling. It's the space where as a sport and as athletes, we got to start teaching guys the way to handle this stuff. I think it's, and it's like, I hope, I, I hope at some point, I don't know what Shane Pinto's story is and what happened, yeah. but I think there's a real opportunity, whatever it is, whenever it's his time and it's his story, just like in Dallas, right? Like Steven Johns took his time to tell his story on what happened with his concussions and everything like that. But once Steven Johns was willing to tell his story, I know there's many people who he helped with uh, by willing to open up and tell his story. So I'm hoping in the long run that there is a, uh, that there's a Shane Pinto story that comes out that can help others because that is how we turn that. That's what, that's how we kind of inform and teach next generation of athletes coming up and everything of how you handle this. Cause it's never been easier to, gamble on a game it's never been easier to do this and that and all the other thing and it's if you're not careful you can really mess yourself up so i hope that someday shane pinto's story is willing to come out because i hope that it can help the the, the other people and, and things like that because it's that's kind of the power he has with this platform i hope um but that's obviously not today so yep. not not that not not that him obviously him playing is a good thing today but as far as in the kind of I'm not rushing. I don't think anyone should be rushing for him to tell his story, but when he's ready to kind of help others, I think there'll be a great opportunity there. And he was first on the ice today. So I know he's excited to get back. Just a yeah. you know, good young player that I'm, I'm glad to see um, served his penalty and now back on the ice. And yeah, I am interested yeah. to hear the story uh, when he feels as though it's appropriate. Speaking of those Ottawa senators still struggling, uh, we are, Pretty far, I don't want to say pretty far, where March 8th is the NHL trade deadline. So, you know, the chatter has begun. Four teams that I selected that I I think clearly will be uh, sellers, Ottawa, Columbus, San Jose, Anaheim, Seattle, uh, 7-3 and in their last 10. Um, You know, it's an interesting playoff picture. At what date do you think, Sean, that teams decide whether they're buyers or sellers? Uh, well, I, th- I think it depends on the team too. Um, so like in the, uh, I'm looking at the standings right now as we're doing this, like there's San Jose, Chicago, Anaheim. Yeah. Those were the, f- uh, those were the teams that yeah, I had earmarked. Yeah. 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 Um, those those teams were like, you knew, you knew they were going to be sellers in the beginning of the year, but like right now I would automatically consider um, those three in the West and then out East, it's Ottawa, Columbus. Um, I know Buffalo is, I, Buffalo is kind of a weird one because like they're, they're third from last from the East. And at the same time, they're only at the, at the same time, they're only they're, they in theory could feel like they're in, but I also don't think Buffalo really has the assets they should be selling. So it, it's kind of, it's kind of that weird like middle part of the sandwich where you start to figure out what's happening. Like if you're the coyotes, right? You're ahead of the curve this year. Are you 
going to are you still are you going to push for it? Maybe you become a buyer. Maybe you sit like it, it's it's kind of which those teams in the middle, which way they decide to push themselves. Whether are they going to go buyer? Are they going to go seller? Are they going to stay in the middle? And right now, one of the ones I'm most fascinated with is Minnesota because Minnesota is they're nine points out of a playoff spot. They're struggling quite a bit. And you know what? You know, all we've seen some major goaltending issues across this league. Yep. Um, Spencer Spencer Martin just got claimed by Carolina today after Columbus waved him. It feels like Mark Andre Fleury is going to get traded to me. Like I just, I, I feel like I feel like we're going to see Mark Andre Fleury traded to a team that needs a goalie because uh, it's. Uh, I don't. I, th- I think Minnesota is going to have to pull the plug here sooner than later. Um, they're struggling. They're not really, I don't think the, they really have the answers right now. And I think when you look across the central, I think you're going to see Flurry might get moved out of Minnesota. Um, not really sold on St. Louis, but I don't think, I don't think um, Armstrong is much of a seller in this year. I think he's more of a kind of just battle and hope through it. And uh, to answer the question, like I think, Typically, I always kind of get the feeling for teams where it's most teams know whether they're a buyer or seller about three weeks before the deadline. Like, so that's typically kind of where you are then is really where you figure out. Sometimes, obviously, a team will have a, will have a skid or whatever in those final three weeks. But what happens over the course of four or five games between um, last week of February and last week of March shouldn't like you should be able to use. 50 to 50 to 55 games as a, as a proper sample size for whether this is the year we buy this year we sell whatever whatever you want to call it so, yeah yeah um, jacob chickering do you think yeah, he's I, gonna be up there oh that's uh that is a great question honestly um he is a because if i'm ottawa right he's he's got a spot where He's still signed for next year. Yep, 4.6, and so he does yeah. have that modified no trade, yeah. which we know can be, you know, yeah, easily but, and, adjusted. And it's, and it's modified no trade, but I think the bigger question with, with – for the bigger question, honestly, for Ottawa with, with Chikrin is you got a guy who is 25 years old and in theory, uh, in theory you could – In theory, you could kind of look at him as a you could look at him where you have to move him on now, but yeah. maybe you're. I, I also think Ottawa is a team where they might get uh, be a feel a bit burned and jilted after what happened with Debrinkat, where they went and they traded an asset for him, and he wasn't going to stay, and then they had to move him and got and got pennies on the dollar on it, um, because like that Ottawa team is not nearly as bad as is not nearly is 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 is, is I did not expect this Ottawa team to be this bad. I thought they were going to be, I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team, but I thought they were going to at least be in the playoff conversation. And they are like, if you are trading Chikrin, don't you kind of owe it to yourself to also try, try and trade Claude Giroux too. Oh yeah. And I know, I know Giroux's got two years and it's really hard to move that, that deal and everything like that. But I just don't know how many it's Ottawa. At some point you're like, are we blowing it up again or what are we doing? And it's, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good point. And they, they don't have Shabbat right now. So yeah. you know, it's a yeah. you know, uh tough situation. Uh but you know, it'll be interesting. Okay, I'm just gonna ask this because I know Spitz and Suds listeners will is there anyone out there 
that you give up Maverick Bork or Logan Stankoven for? Anyone? Well, sorry, uh, sorry. If it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. Ma- uh, you know, Connor McDavid, yeah, of course, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, of the yeah, like, potential trade targets, is there um, someone that you're like, yes, I would? I, I honestly, I mean, you mentioned there's one we just, we just talked about is like, I think now he's left, he's left-handed, but Jacob Chikrin, like you look at the stars defense and we talk about sometimes this, we talk about this, uh, what do they need in the kind of the long term right. build? Like, like, I mean, I would, I would open up the call. I mean, I would, if Chikrin's involved, I would be, he's one that would come up for me. Yeah. It's um, it's painful, yeah, but it yeah, might need to happen yeah, to fix your issue because yeah. you can't. I don't think you can win a cup with the current decor. It's and that's tough. Like it's the whole. That's the that's the spot because I think one of the things that's come out of this Mirohashkin and injury time is we've obviously seen Thomas Harley take some next steps and everything like that. And um, and I think Nils Lundqvist has been okay, but I'm not saying Nils Lundqvist should be punished and not play as much as the coaches haven't played him. But at the same time, I'm not seeing the, I haven't seen the, I, I can count on this guy as my top pairing defender on a Stanley cup contender with Nils Lundqvist. That's just the reality of what I've seen with Nils Lundqvist. I'm not saying he's not a piece that you can win with, but you need another D. And I think you, that's kind of where the stars have to kind of look and everything like that, because Mm -hmm. as much as I wouldn't, want to I wouldn't want to give up Stan Coburn or Bork um, I think there's definitely a conversation for the right piece the, the player I would be interested honestly and this is going to sound sacrilegious I know that because you don't trade your prospects yada 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 but at the end of the day if it meant getting a defender that helps me now and moves things forward I I would I would quietly look to see if there's a market for Liam Bixel right now. Just because as much as I like Bixel, and I think Bixel is going to be a very good NHL defender. He went back to Sweden this year, um, kind of put himself on the spot where he didn't play World Junior. And he's a left-handed D. And of my top prospects, he's the one who, if I can find someone in his position that helps me with the current timelines, I'd be willing to kind of have that conversation. I know people are always excited about like, oh, I can't trade prospects, can't trade cop prospects. But he's the one that I would kind of quietly be looking at as I'm in my my arsenal of assets as I kind of figure out how do I put this, this Dallas Stars team to best possibly win a Stanley Cup right now. Hmm. Interesting. Be you painful. Should... It, it, you wouldn't like it. Very. But, but you wouldn't like it, but it's the same thing. It, it always goes back to... The, the Stars fans actually have the best example of this. They traded a young prospect by the name of Jerome McGinley. And when I only say that you traded Jerome McGinley away, it sounds awful. But when I go and say, you know what? You got the guy who won the cons, who yeah. you got the guy who, uh, who won the cons, Smythe, um, and, uh, and, and was and helped and helped you win a Stanley cup. Hi. Yep. It was win-win. So, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's a, it, it definitely is a, a win-win. And sometimes, you know, like the Jason Spezza trade, you trade away, you know, some prospects and they don't pan out for the other side. So, mm-hmm. and sometimes yeah. you do and they yes. turn into great careers and you're like, oh man, I can't believe we did that. All right. Finally, 
uh, one of your teammates, Jay Fresh Hockey, mm-hmm. uh, he put out top 48 defensemen in the NHL fan survey and ranking derived by head-to-head method, sorter voting method, 131,082 matchups voted on. So yep. I'm going to give you the top 10, and you tell me if you have any issues with this. Number one, Kale mm-hmm. McCarr. Number two, Quinn Hughes. Number three, the Rangers' Adam Fox. Four, Miro. Five, Charlie McAvoy of the Bruins. Number six, Roman Yossi. Number seven, Victor Hedman. Number eight, Rasmus Dahlin. Number nine, Devin Taves. And number 10, Josh Morrissey of the Winnipeg Jets. Devin Taves is the defenseman with the Colorado Avalanche. And, man, did he move up the charts since joining uh, Colorado. It was always good, but... What a trade that was for Colorado. So wanted to um, get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much of an issue with that list, actually. And the way they did this sorting and everything was like you go through and you're like, okay, um, how sorter voting works for those who don't know real quick is you'll get two names and it'll be like, um, it would be Adam Fox and Victor Hedman. Which one do you prefer? And so it's not it's not asking people to sort things. It's who what, the sorter voting method is um basically who's won the most matchups and everything thing like that so um i i don't and with all of these with that top 10 all of those guys are players i feel would make my team better today tomorrow and five years from now that's something where that's something that's kind of the, the spot where i always kind of go through this um and i think that's one of the the question that I have, right, is uh, you take a look at, and, th- and this is what makes a, and we just did a similar exercise over at at Rinkside doing our like in season, um, our in like our midpoint of the season. Um, and I want to make sure I have this right. I have, we did our mid mid season award stuff, right? And I had so for the Norris trophy. Right. And so I'm going to, I'm going to give you my list right now okay. for what I had for the Norris trophy for this year. And now before I give this to you, I also want to be clear on something. The, um, the thing about awards for, uh, the thing about awards for the Norris and everything like that is this is the best in the award for the best defenseman this season. Yep. It does not necessarily mean that you are, it does not necessarily mean that this is the player I think is the, the, the best for in the league. It's who's having the best year, who should win the award this year. So I want to be clear on that. So like for my Norris trophy ballot for this year, right now, and I'm going to be fine. I'm going my Norris trophy ballot right now, this season, I have, Quinn Hughes number one. Mm-hmm. I have Kale McCarr number two. Yep. I had Noah Dobson. I had Noah Dobson number three. I had Chris Letang number four, and then Evan Bouchard number five. Though that's that's my Norris Trophy ballot right now. That is reflective of the 23-24, who's having the best season. That's how I look at that. When you're talking about best defenseman in the NHL, and this is where so like I don't have near I don't have Miro Heiskanen in my top five right now for winning the Norris Trophy this year, but I wouldn't. But I wouldn't, and when it comes to would I take this player as 
in one game or whatever, yeah. all of a sudden th- things change. So I, I think this list, the way, the thing that's interesting with lists like this is are you voting and are people voting on who's having the best season or who's the best pure defenseman? And I think this list reflects my opinions. Um, the one that, uh, that, that Jay Fresh put out here of with McCarr, Hughes, Fox, Hishkin, McAvoy, Yossi, Hedman, Darlene, Taze, Mercy. That's pretty close actually to my view of who's the top 10. Def- it's actually pretty close. Like I, I, there's, it's hard for me to go and pick. Um, I would probably have I, my only like, pick at it was like, I would probably have Jacob Slavin a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. I think like Taves is good, but I think Taves Taves is a little bit also it's he's a, he's a great player, but I also think he also pl- has the the advantage of playing with McCarr. Yeah. And, uh, and I think I like Darlene's game a lot, but I also think um, he's not as well-rounded defensively as some of the other guys on that list. So I don't have as much of an issue with this list. I know um, if you're starting a fun franchise list. and you're thinking, yeah, no, I think it was good. Um, did we, uh, any other Dallas guys make the top? I'm curious now that we've, that we've got this, like any other, what's the highest other defenseman for the stars? The there? next highest for your Dallas stars in the eighties, as a matter of fact, is Essa Lindell at 84. I'm assuming he's the only one then. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, uh, sir. Yeah. yeah. So and, a, a couple, and, then, and then this is, this is where we talk about the stars needed defender. Right. <laughs> now, you know, uh, one guy that's Seth Jones is 65. I know, you know, he hasn't been the Seth Jones of old, the Seth Jones that we saw in Nashville, you know, when he was starting and everything, but I'd be interested to see Seth Jones on like a more structured team or, or a team that has like, you know, players around him. Um, I, I, I also have a bit of a. I don't feel to me. I have a hard time thinking you could go and name sixty-five NHL better NHL defenders than Thomas Harley right now. Like I think that's a bit. I think that's like the fact that Thomas Harley's not on this list is a bit interesting to me. Like yep. I go through and I see like, um, if there's a like. Yeah, for Sean example, Jersey for Arizona is on the list at 55. Yeah. Zadorov like, at 64. Cam Fowler at 60. Adam Larson down to 49. The the only yeah, two, I, Sean, that I and, and I'm listen, I, I understand like placement and everything, but you yes. mentioned something really interesting. If I were to start a team and I know that they're older veterans, but Adam Larson or Drew Doughty on my team. I think would be pretty good pieces. Yeah. I know I mean, they're up there I, in I, years, but I just feel yeah. like they eat ice time. They, they know how to take it to the next level when necessary. And I think, I think, I mean, I think Dowdy's game has, has aged a little bit here yeah. and everything, but um, there's uh there's some players who, who work up, who age well and some that don't. And, um, I'm looking at this right now. The one that is interesting to me is like, there's some guys who are in the twenties and I'm not, it's interesting how some people's reputations go, right. Where it's mm-hmm. like, like I see Brock Faber at 32 on this list. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And like, like, like Brock Faber, like I think like Brock Faber has been a really good rookie this year. Absolutely. But, 
But there's no way Brock Faber is the 32nd best defender in the NHL, and Thomas Harley's not on the and Thomas Harley's not on this list. Correct. Like that's that's kind of that's kind of when I look at that. I know this is not Jay. This is not Jay Fresh's list. This is him just using. He's just the one who put it together. So you don't shoot the messenger on it. But it's still. Um. I uh. Like I would take a. I would. Like I look at Tanev, right? Like I think Tanev's better than Faber right now. That's not not that just that's just the reality. Like and yeah, I, think I mean Tanev's a game someone who and Tanev's a guy who you know what Dallas should probably look at Tanev. Yes, that's <laughs> so. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean so. I'm kind of looking at the list differently too. I'm just like, all right, yeah. who are the guys I want on my playoff roster that I know are going to yeah. lose teeth, that are know are going to dive, that I know are going to yeah. make those big play moments. And so that's yeah. why I'm mentioning some of these. And yeah, Tanev would be, oh my yeah. god. He'd be uh, he'd be really really good on the uh, star. Yeah. So, all right, yeah. uh, you know, listen. The question remains, Spitz and Suds listeners, those that have followed and supported Sean Shapiro, when the Hollywood Walk of Fame asks him <laughs> for the star, <laughs> will he allow that kind of crowd, or will he do a family thing? You know, will oh there be God. stanchions around him? Those are the questions we need to know. So the trailer's going to be released tonight. Let's plug the movie yes. once again so that people can go on YouTube over the weekend. I'm sure you'll retweet it, right, as soon yes. as you're allowed. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. The, uh, yeah, the, tra- the name of the movie is The Late Game. Yep. Um, there is uh, actually a website you can go to right now. Um, the uh, Just the website is thelategame.com, and if you go to that website, you can uh, – you can get the latest uh, the trailer when it'll be live there. There's uh, uh, details will be updated there as quickly as possible when it comes to where you'll be able to see the movie when 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 it when it gets re- officially uh, released in February. So okay. um, the the name of the movie is The Late Game. Um, I'll share the tr- the the trailer on Twitter tonight and everything like that. I'll I'll throw a post on the Substack as well just to make sure it gets into people's inboxes and. Uh, yeah, go go see it when it comes out. Uh, I'm gonna have to get Gavin a screener here so we can talk it yep. talk it up a little bit. Yep. Uh, yep. Closer to the uh, closer to the actual premiere, and uh, I uh, it's kind of one of those uh, it's kind of one of those cool things where it's uh, just like uh, this new age we live in in sports media. Gavin has been interesting, and it's been uh, one of the things that. Uh, you'll allow me to go on a random side note here in the past. And this podcast has been part of it. Doing spits and suds with you each week has been great fun and everything like that. But obviously I went through my own, uh, I wasn't place I worked. Didn't let everyone go the way sports illustrated, let everyone go, but I went through kind of my own little, uh, thing. And that's why I was turned into a free agent in the world. And, uh, I have really enjoyed, uh, kind of finding the silver lining and all of that stuff and doing a lot more cool stuff in my life and finding ways to kind of live in different avenues and connect in the hockey world. And I feel like this movie does that as well. And it's one of those things. And just like kind of from the beginning, I mean, I'll always be thankful to you. When you gave me a call, shot me a message about, Hey, I know you're figuring out what's next with some things in life, but you want to do a podcast and we kind of did it. So, yeah. um, this movie is one of those things for me. And, uh, 
I hope people see it. I hope they will enjoy it. It's uh, it's if you've played beer league hockey, it's made for you. Even if you haven't, it's got stuff that connects with everyone. So absolutely, um, no, looking forward to it. And you deserve it all, my friend. And I'm so glad you're happy doing what you're doing and and sticking your toes in all different kinds of the waters in the hockey world. And we are thankful as as all of us at Spits and Suds that you're a part of this group that's kind of making this podcast what it is today. And to let the followers know, I do have South Carolina Stingrays contacts. I will find out what the rider is tonight as far as what Sean's requesting for a meal before he is <laughs> announced on the scoreboard and stuff like that, and they show the trailer. I'll also try to get some pictures of what Sean will be wearing. So, you know, my, my sources, boots on the ground, It'll be tough. You know, I don't have many in Charleston, but I'll try to figure it out. So you are a beast, my man. I'm so proud and happy for you. This is awesome. It made my day when I saw the trailer and I saw that hockey mask and I said, that's my guy right there. So I was like shocked and excited. Um, So really excited for you. Thanks as always. What a podcast we had. Went over a whole bunch of NHL stuff. Have a great time tonight, my friend. You deserve it. Thank you very much, man. And we will uh, we'll do this again. So we'll we'll talk we'll talk next week. So it's yeah, fun. absolutely. And hopefully after uh, four points this weekend, and then hopefully uh, two points. And I'm sure Sean will heavily cover Tuesday's uh, matchup against the Detroit Red Wings. So that's exciting as well. And don't forget to purchase his book, We Win Here, which is a terrific book about Texas Stars, Dallas Stars. You can also support him at EP Rinkside. Uh, subscribe to his Shapshot Substack channel where you get all kinds of cool analytics and columns exclusively for you from Sean. Uh, some real good information on that, as well as D Magazine when he appears in there. So for Sean Shapiro, I'm Gavin Spittle. Thank you one and all for supporting Spits and Suds. And if you can leave a comment where your podcast is found, it really helps us grow. So super excited about some of the guests that I'm working with some teams on. So we're going to have release of those in the next couple of weeks. A lot of great things. You guys deserve it here in DFW. So have a great day, everyone.